I'm Fidel Rodriguez, host of The Room of Knowledge, Adventures in Consciousness, a space where critical thinkers gather to discuss ideas about life, history, culture, spirituality, and the transformation of human consciousness. Through personal narratives, ancestral knowledge, and thoughts and reflections on the root causes of trauma in our society, we hope to collectively find answers and discover practical tools to heal ourselves. This is a story about life's journey towards knowledge itself. None of us, including myself, have all the answers to any of these questions. However, together, we might just be able to figure out the key to thriving in this toxic culture. In our second episode, I was blessed to sit down with dear friend Javier Laval. He is an entrepreneur, the founder of the brand Android Ohm, and new platform FutureStream.tv. In our discussion, he shares his experiences growing up as an Afro-Latino in America, the impact Malcolm X had in his life, his evolution as an artist, his concept of divine insight, the future of AI and technology, and his own adventures in consciousness. Join us as we travel through his spiritual journey towards healing. We hope you enjoy our discussion. Welcome to the Room of Knowledge. Fidel Rodriguez, the Room of Knowledge. What's going on, brother? What's happening, brother? How you doing? I'm doing amazing. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, for those that are listening, this is the Room of Knowledge Adventures in Consciousness. I'm Fidel Rodriguez with a, a good brother, a good friend, uh, hermano, in this journey, Javier Laval. Can I say it like that? You can say it like Is that. that right? Or you can say Javier Laval, or <laughs> <laughs> like we can flip it up, but yes. I, I always feel schizophrenic going back and forth, <laughs> but I think that's, that's what that's uh, perfect. American colonization has done to our minds. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, Javier uh, is also, uh, he is the founder and creator of FutureStream.tv, a new platform that uh, we're going to talk about later on in this discussion about adventures in consciousness. Um, also the former uh, uh, owner, and he is the founder or was the founder of footwear brand Android Ohm, right? That's right. Clothing yes. line, footwear. Footwear, luxury footwear uh, launched in about 2008, way early in the space, luxury street, all handmade in Italy, uh, Portugal, um, beautiful product. But yeah, that you was- You said handmade in Italy. That's right. You know, I was one of the first brothers to go over there, first, first uh, Afro-Latinos to go and kick wow. in the door. I love that. Okay, so yeah. look, we're going to get into some deep stuff today, just in our conversations, but the, it, luxury footwear, explain that to me. Yeah, I mean, luxury is a, a construct, right? Mm -hmm. And and the the assumption of luxury is that it's quality, okay, right? And um, there's a price to pay for quality, mm -hmm. right? So in fashion and in the brand that I had originated and created... I wanted to create a product, a footwear product for uh, young professionals, businessmen that didn't want to wear uh, traditional hard bottom shoes. Okay. They still wanted to wear a sneaker, mm -hmm. but a luxury sneaker. So leather, rubber soles, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, exotic fabrics and materials. And so- uh, Look the, real fly. Real fly, <laughs> and that was uh, that was what what I was able to accomplish. And you know, the shoes were made in Italy, which currently Italy is the place where a lot of the luxury items globally mm -hmm. are made yeah. and distributed well, for from. a very long time, right? 
yeah, clothing, I, shoes, sure. Italian shoes, men's shoes, That's women's right. shoes. Italian uh, marble, Italian mm-hmm. purses, Italian cars, Lamborghini, Ferrari. Uh, these, you know, it's a it's a small, beautiful uh, country that really kind of has just a, an affinity for handmade goods. Okay. And uh, I think this all stems back from like the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. you know, where mm-hmm. this was uh, something that traditionally they just carried forward. Yeah. And now it's translated as luxury goods. Okay. Yeah. All right. So listen, um, Javier, what I want, and I, I want to come back to this because... Sure. Um, I was blessed to, to be befriended by you through one of my close friends, DJ Orator Courtney, yes, yes. also known as Courtney. Um, Blessings to Orator and his beautiful <laughs> baby. That's right, in, man. And his union with his wife, yes. Uh, yes, of course, man. Um, big ups to Sarah as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, he has all, when you guys were doing... Uh, Gray Manor? Yeah, Greystone. Greystone. Nightclubs. We did a lot Grace. of nightclubs, and he was resident DJ for me for many years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just got a lot of love and respect for Orator. He was somebody who came in as kind of like uh, an intern uh-huh. and really just was consistent, persistent, and reliable. Yeah. And he was dope. Yeah, and he, of course he, he was dope. he came up, and he became, you know, one of the premier... DJ uh, still one of the premier yeah. nightlife DJs in yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, we would have conversations cause you know, that, that wasn't my thing. I went a couple times, um, to, to check him out. And yeah. Or, yeah. And, and it was, uh, yeah, I was like, damn, okay. This yeah. is on another level. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm a little bit older, not that much older, but a little bit, oh, wow. but man, it was off the hook, you know, and to see him rocking, you know, the club that way was amazing, but we would have these conversations besides, you know, I only went, I think twice, but, um, he's like, you got to meet my friend Javier, man, bro, man, you two are, man, he knows about Ifa, he knows about the Yoruba, blah, blah, blah. And so finally we were able to kind of link up where we were, t- we were, I think, DMing each other about the Sapo yeah. and about combo. Yes, right. Yes, yes. Uh, combo medicine from South America, um, the Amazon and, and the, the Sapo medicine from Mexico. And anyways, long story short, we've been able to kind of, you know, build a friendship and, and a brotherhood. And I, I wanted to have a conversation with you because um, you're breaking a lot of barriers, I think, especially for, for people of color, but especially for Afro Latinos and Latinos alike. Um, and I want to hear your story. Because I think by us hearing our narratives, I'm a firm believer that our narrative is our humanity. And a lot of times, you know, you're very humble. You know what I mean? And and I, I I love that about human beings when, you know, it's like they carry themselves in a certain way with dignity and respect, not only for themselves, but for the people that are around. But then you start finding out stuff about, I mean, even even your, your footwear, like, of course he's talked about it, but I didn't, you know, you've never told me about it and sat me down and said, oh man, this is kind of what he you know right, what right, I do, right. yeah, but um, let's start. Let's start where you're from, where your family's from, um, before we kind of get into the artistic thing, which is still flourishing. Yeah, man. Thank you, and 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 so much. You know, when Courtney had mentioned you and was like, "You got to meet my mentor Fidel," and <laughs> you know, he he's a, a you know Ifa, you know priest and whatnot. I was like, "Man, I got to meet this guy." But it was it was all in divine timing. So absolutely. Thank you for having me here and thank you for the invitation. Thank you for being who you are, man. It's truly an honor 
and a pleasure to be and, and share space with you. Oh, you know, thank Pleasure's you. Pleasure's on mine, man. Um, you know, my family roots, um, you know, kind of on as far as I know, is uh, my father is from Panama. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandmother on 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 my father's side uh, is from Martinique. Okay. Um, so I think by way of Africa to the French island mm-hmm. of Martinique, then to Panama, you know, as you know, slaves to help build the canal. Yeah. Uh, and and so I identify primarily as being Panamanian, mm-hmm. and my mother is from Puerto Rico. Okay. Yeah, my mother is. Uh, you know, they're both first generation immigrants um, from, you know, Central America yep. and the Caribbean. Um, and, you know, hablo español, that's my first language. Mm-hmm. Actually, I spoke Spanish before I spoke English. Uh, and yet, you know, growing up in the Bay Area, uh, San Francisco is where I was born, moved uh, south towards kind of like Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. small city called Foster City in San Mateo. And that's where I grew up, and you know it was a it was a culture shock there. Okay, you know because I I didn't really have an identity, right? I grew up in a primarily white and Asian neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I was a black Latino, right? And so um, the, the the few black kids that I knew kind of were like, "Yo, are you Mexican? Like, I don't <laughs> get it," you know. And I didn't get it. I yeah. didn't really understand. Uh, and I'm talking, you know, grade school, middle school. Uh, but, you know, that was a journey all in itself, right? Because it was a lot of discovery in, in, in terms of who I am that had to happen at that time in space where I should have just been a kid, right? Just should have been playing outside and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, then, you know, stayed in the area until, you know, it was time to, to move down south to, to L.A. Uh, but before I moved, I was doing, uh, I was playing basketball. I was just kind of discovering life and i had uh stumbled into the nightlife mm. and i stumbled into the nightlife because we had a, a basketball team that i was playing for skyline college and i broke my wrist like first season first game i was a starting point guard and i we just had a, a winning season and i didn't want to like disconnect from the team because mm-hmm. i was no longer mm-hmm. on the team no mm-hmm. longer on the roster because i was out for the season uh, and I started to throw after parties for the team, mm. you know, just kind of <laughs> just wanted to be down and like, make sure that we were celebrating our wins. Right. And that led, you know, to a larger platform because a friend of mine had a father who owned a bar. He's like, man, you got a lot of people coming to these college after parties for the team. Maybe you can use my dad's bar from there. It just exploded mm. and I became really well known in the Bay Area as, as a nightlife and, and, and promoter. And but, you know, the thing that it afforded me at the time was the ability to work with up emerging artists. OK. Uh, and at the time, there were no power stations. You, you're well aware it was yeah. college radio, yeah. KZSU, Stanford mm-hmm. and, and uh, Cal. And, uh, you know, some of the artists that I got to work with directly and indirectly is like B.I.G., And like Jay-Z, his first album, uh, Nas, the Fugees, these, a super cat, Shaba Ranks. Like these were like first album, you know, kind of like Alicia Keys. Like it's just all coming to me. So these are hip hop clubs. These were hip hop clubs. This was for the culture. And, you know, they had to come through us in order to access 
the audience because mm. there were no power stations. There clearly was no social media back then. So yeah. they had to tap in with the streets, you know, street promotion, you know? Wow. And, uh, and I, you know, I excelled in that space and, and made a name and moved down to LA. Okay. Uh, and in LA, I, you know, have a, a long history of doing nightlife, um, promotions, marketing. Uh, you know, I was uh, Usher's creative director for his uh, OMG world tour. Okay. Um, wow. You know, yeah, his global world tour. Uh, I did all the design for him and, and, and his, uh, his, his, his dancers and, you know, worked really closely with him on that you know i, I that's incredible man <laughs> yeah it was it was a stressful but incredible experience you know and you know I, I said i'd never do it again but it was it was it was it was beautiful it was an you experience know, it was an experience for sure so let me roll back real quick because mm -hmm. you, you went through a lot of stuff now you said you moved from san francisco to uh silicon valley somewhere around that area predominantly white right yes, and yes, asian yes. So, and I'm asking this because I know there's probably all kinds of stuff in between that. You said identity, you know, yeah. there was some identity stuff going on. Um, do you have to deal with racism? Do you have to deal with classism? What are, what are some of the things you, the obstacles that you had to kind of endure because it got you somewhere, right? For sure. Because you're still connected, obviously doing hip hop, you know, um, clubs and stuff. Yeah, I think uh I did experience early signs of racism mm -hmm. that I didn't really understand. So, you know, for instance, in my 4th grade, 4th grade had a teacher mm -hmm. um and, you know, I would turn in my homework and for some reason, I would get a what's called a pink slip that says I didn't turn in my homework. Mm. And, you know, and this was crazy because I knew I did my homework. I you know, Latino Latino households, you know, get in trouble you know you already know what that looks like um so i was like so my parents were very much in my life they're both still together uh you know mm -hmm. and they were they've always been together you know now 50 years i think um but they were you know really about education and you know and, and integrity and, mm -hmm. and and so um it caused some conflict because i was having a, a conflict saying hey i did this work but yeah. I'm being treated as the as if I didn't do the work. Yeah. Uh, many years later, probably five six years later, I was already like a senior in high school. Uh, another black kid moved into the neighborhood, mm -hmm. and you know, one day I was home, my parents were home, and the father came and knocked on our door, mm -hmm. and he was like, "Man, you know, you guys are the only black family I see in the area. Uh, can I ask you some questions mm -hmm. about the school?" Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I know your son went there find out that his son was having very similar issues and problems with this same teacher. Wow. So we found out, you know, six, seven years later that this teacher was a racist and he was uh, targeting, uh, you know, black kids, uh, which were very few and far between, maybe Latino kids, I don't know, and just making their life really miserable. Uh, and so at so that was my first experience with racism. Okay. Um, and I didn't know how to define it. We didn't know how to clearly, uh, because it was very subtle, you know, and, and, and as, uh, as a, a, an authoritative figure, a teacher, no one would suspect that they are, uh, you know, behaving in this way. Right. Yeah. So, so that was a challenging time. And, um, and, you know, also I have a, a very Spanish first name Javier mm -hmm. and then uh, my last name is Laval which is French mm -hmm. and so 
it, it wasn't the usual Mike or John or Bobby. So I got, you know, teased a lot, mm. you know, cause I, I wasn't in a community that had heard that, that, that type Those of name names, before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I had to knuckle up, you know, really learn how to, how to throw them early. And, mm. um, and so I got in a lot of trouble early in life because I had to defend myself. Okay. I had to make sure that, you know, uh, the bullies and, and these things wouldn't encroach in my space. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of, you know, something that I just had to do in order to, to, to survive in that, in that area. Uh, and even though it wasn't like a violent area per se, or, or the hood, it was a different type of energy and a mm -hmm. different type of, uh, of, uh, you know, kind of warfare. Yeah. If, if you, yeah. you know, um, absolutely. So, so yeah, that was, that was kind of the early days early mm -hmm. days no i mean i i bring that up because i mean when you brought up uh panama right central america and in the caribbean obviously puerto rico and you're a person of color you're a man of color and and there's a lot of consciousness that's happening right now obviously with race um always kind of like the the elephant in the room in the united states you know mm -hmm. what i mean yes and um there's a show on right now. I, I, I know you hadn't, haven't seen it yet, but it's called Exterminate All the Brutes. And incredible Raul Peck, um, I believe, is a, the director. And it just is dissecting white supremacy. Wow. From the foundation and the concept and the opinion of how race has manufactured itself out of Europe and over into the Americas and throughout the world for that matter. And it's just making me look at things a little bit, not a little bit different. It's, it's like, Oh man, somebody's piecing all these ideas together that I've been on my own journey kind of to uncover. And like yourself, like I grew up in a poor area in a neighborhood in a hood in Santa Barbara, but very, mar very segregated mm -hmm. amongst a lot of white people. Right. Right. right and yeah. so my understanding is you know probably a little similar grant there was a lot of people of color at my high school and in my neighborhood but there's always that you know there's just things that happen that you don't have like a what's a, you don't have an understanding about things right you right. know i think yeah, we had talked about the malcolm x book a while back that like, was a book that changed my life changed okay, my why? perspective why because i'd never heard of it you know my father is you know if you saw him walking around he he might as well pass for Nigerian, you know, mm. like he's a, he's a, a blue a black man. Yeah. He's, okay. um, no denying his roots, right. not even close. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but he spoke Spanish mm -hmm. primarily in the home. He listened to salsa music, yeah. uh, merengue, cumbia, like, you know, anything from the Latin diaspora, he was even at world music, you know, reggae, yeah. never really quite identified with the black American, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He was a Afro Latino, yeah. right? And so yeah, that was clear. So, you know, in our house, never really heard uh, Smokey Robinson or, you know, soul music, yeah. right? And so I didn't really understand the plight of the African American mm. as, as described by Brother Malcolm. Never even understood that, you know, ne had never been exposed to that. Mm. Uh, so when I read that at, you know, 14, 15 years old, it was mind bending, like, whoa, because I had felt it. I had experienced it, like I said, in, 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 uh, 
in grade school. Yeah. And I had, you know, discovered that term racism, right? But I but no one had ever really kind of like encompassed it, it. Yeah, broken it down in the way that Malcolm X did in his book, uh, the autobiography, where I got it, right? Mm-hmm. And that sent me on a whole other journey. What kind of journey was that? That journey, uh, I'm still on that journey. Mm. You get what I mean? Like it sent me on a journey of, of self-discovery. Mm. You know, okay. a journey that has brought me through so many different iterations of self. Uh, starting with who am I in this construct? Okay. Right. And and what I mean by that is I'm a black man mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm with you know latino roots mm-hmm. that speak spanish right like these these constructs layers, right these yeah. layers that say okay this is who i am that was like level one right mm-hmm. like level one is is trying to define who you are by society's standards, standards yeah right because i didn't really have a definition uh and and that you know took me to like being the, the the vice president of the Black Student Union, okay, and um, you know, and 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 yet, you know, things like that, you know, kind of, uh, I I had applied to uh, black colleges, mm-hmm. so I had got accepted to Howard University, Morehouse. Uh, I went and visited those campuses, and ultimately decided not to go uh, because I knew that I wouldn't get any work done. Oh. It was it was such a like it it was such a you know i had some real kind of like restraint back then because i knew that i was just gonna go party while out while out you know like girls like it was just gonna be because i'd never been around that many black people Mm. right i'd never seen that many black people in a in a in a in a concentrated area that were professional you know that were in school studying studious yeah yeah. you know so that was kind of the journey, uh, I opted out only because I, I realized that it was a little overwhelming for me. Okay. okay. You know, in a, in, a, in a good way, but I had went during like Freaknik. Remember Freaknik in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I was like, holy, this is crazy. Like, wild you know, oh, it, was, it was wild out. And I, I just felt like, you know, this, you know, I, that wasn't probably the best place for me at that time. Okay. Now, I, I could have swore you, 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 did you play ball? I played uh, basketball, basketball and, football and football in high school. Right. Yeah, and I played basketball in college, but I got injured, and okay. that was the end of my career. Okay, so then how does like how does the art stuff come in? Because obviously, to be able to design a shoe, <laughs> yeah, you got to be able to draw. And I haven't heard you mention any of that in the midst of everything. Well, this is the thing, you know, these different iterations of self, Mm. uh, I started to understand uh, new concepts about creating your own reality, right? This was a a construct that, or a concept that I started to really kind of tap into when I was like, you know, 25, I was already in LA, like, you know, like, this is who society says I am, Mm -hmm. but this is who I want to be, Okay. right? And, and, uh, And in that, I explored a lot of different, uh, you know, Theosophical, um, you know, concepts, philosophies, uh, philosophies religious um, ideologies, and uh, and and also creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what 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 does it look like for me to be creative? 
and, and express my myself through creativity. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's how I ended up just kind of going for it and, and, and launching a, a footwear brand. I'd always loved sneakers, mm-hmm. always loved fashion uh, and, you know, it was something that just resonated with me at the time. Okay. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, but did you draw? No. I'm self-taught. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I, you know, I I really feel like I'm kind of divinely guided and, and, and perceptive mm. with the things that I open myself up to, okay. right? So I feel like I can learn and do anything if I want to, right? Um, and so design i'm self-taught i learned all the programs all the adobe suite everything without ever taking a class yes on my (laughs) own right you sound like my 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 cameraman adam he's always on youtube he's like oh i just went on youtube and figured it out figured it out (laughs) and the beauty about it is that i there was no youtube when i had learned to do all of this you know this was like early early 2000s late you know like this was kind of you had to go to school for this, yeah. you know, and to be a graphic designer. But, you know, I cut my teeth on designing flyers, right? Because remember, okay, if we go clubs. back to the clubs, yeah. you know, I, I was like, man, I got this idea for a flyer. And I didn't really look at it as like being creative or doing art. I just looked at it as like, I got an idea okay, and I want to manifest this idea with the computer. Mm-hmm. So would mess around with like Print Shop Pro, which is like, you know, super old program yeah. and things like that just to make the flyer you know and i had so much joy in like designing a flyer and then seeing it printed out mm-hmm. and then putting them on cars seeing them up you know everywhere yeah. i was like oh shit that's dope you know yeah um but that was my first kind of creative endeavor uh and and exploration into that into that 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 realm for myself okay yeah i mean i'm i just because i remember it i mean for those that are even the the logo for the room of knowledge like i remember we were at my house and it and i had made that on some program um i can't remember the name of the program but it it wasn't lined or anything mm-hmm. like that it was just kind of something i, I conceptualized and i remember <laughs> I remember asking you that one time, I think I went down to your warehouse or your office in downtown. Yeah. And I asked him, man, was it cool? And he said, I want to do anything. I was like, man, I hope this dude's not BS. <laughs> and I say that because when I went to your office, I was like, okay. I said, man, okay. I guess it's okay. <laughs> and then you came over and you, you made you made you assisted me in, in turning the the room of knowledge logo into a piece of art that I could have a animator actually animate it for me. Right, right. And you did it in like twenty minutes while we were talking. <laughs> and so I I say that to say is again, this is not just symbolic, but I feel like especially for young kids of color, in the hood, not in the hood, to be able to hear that like I mean you didn't take classes but you were following you said. You, you're following this divine insight, okay. right? Yeah. So what is that? What does that mean? Because again, we, we living in a, in a very traumatic society right now. Right. And the saying goes is that we have had our souls filled with so much mierda, so much garbage, so much mm-hmm. BS mm-hmm. that has disconnected us to the essence of who we are. That's right. That's right? right? Yes. Which 
I believe is that gut feeling which allows us to be in that divine state of mind that you're talking about. So talk about that. For even for the young person that's out there listening right now that's at home drawing or doesn't, you know, explain that. Yeah, I think, I mean, great question. And I think that the way I can clearly uh, hear that voice or feel that mm. feeling mm -hmm. is when it doesn't make sense. You know, uh, we, you know, school, education wants to make sense of everything. Okay want there's a there's a way to do it there's a system there's there's a protocol there's all these things that make sense and if you don't do it that way then either it's not going to be successful or you can't do it right right but for for those that are out there that may not have the privilege of going to school or higher education i mean a lot of the innovators in all spaces are high school dropouts <laughs> or college dropouts. I mean, Steve Jobs and some of these mm -hmm. other guys, mm -hmm. like we can run a whole list. Right. Because the way you think as a, as a, as someone that's led by spirit and someone that's led by intuition is very different because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make sense. Um, there's a lot of fear. Right. When you feel that, like mm -hmm. that heat in your body that mm -hmm. goes, man, this is scary. Or I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. That's the, you want to, you want to, you want to lean into that. Yeah. You want to follow that feeling, uh, that, that traditional models will tell you to stay away mm -hmm. from. Right. And, and that's how I, I measure it. I go, man, I want to do this, but I'm scared uh, or uh, shit. I don't think, I don't know if you I can do it. Yeah. Fear, I got all, yeah. yeah if, if, if all those, if I can check off all those boxes, then I can say, okay, then that's what I need to do. Okay. So you said a system, right? So I was writing down left brain, right brain, right? Mm -hmm. Left brain would be considered linear, mm -hmm. right? Would be analytical, analytical, right. logical, reading, writing, all the things that uh, most of our ancestors, right? And I'm speaking of people of color's ancestors. I mean, even people from Europe, we have been conditioned in this left brain, right? Mm. So you're going back to this intuitive nature, which is very right brain. Well, for sure. Intuition, mm -hmm. spirit, artistic, creativity, right? right? All these things. And I feel, and you, you let me know, like, has this system that we're living in even now gotten to gotten gotten is gotten even a word <laughs> taking us taking us to a place where we are disconnected from that divine essence and that divine intuitive yeah without a doubt brother without a doubt and 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 you know when you really start to understand energy frequency vibration consciousness okay. you start to understand a why and how right so um everything is energy everything is a frequency right so this feeling that we get uh whether it's fear or or love is is just a, a vibration right and mm -hmm. we and we and it resonates within us or does not right let's say it's impossible for something to not resonate it just doesn't feel as good right yeah um Nonetheless, you know, when when we realize that a lot of the things that we're going through 
and that we're subjected to is is deliberately designed to disrupt our vibration. Okay, wait, say that again. A lot of the... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. A lot of the things that are deliberately happening and we're experiencing in this reality are designed to disrupt our vibration. Mm. And in that, if you understand what those tools, mechanisms, and methods are, are then you can you can divert you can shift you can move throughout the, through the matrix still maintaining a high vibration still connected to source okay that is the path that's the skill that i've learned the skill that i'm still learning right because any master will tell you that they're n they're not a master they're mm. still a student mm. so that's the skill that i'm still mastering is moving through this minefield of disruption and distractions that are only there to lower my vibration. Okay. Whether it's food, yeah, music, yeah. television, yeah. uh polit politics, okay. uh the let's call it the medicine, uh -huh. right? The, uh -huh. the 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 pharmaceutical mm -hmm. drugs, mm -hmm. alcohol, mm -hmm. right? There's all these mm -hmm. things that we've normalized Right? We just say, oh, I'm just taking pills or I'm just having a drink. Hey, I'm just I'm just going to have this burger, right? Like we've normalized all these low vibrational um, methods that will then prevent you from t connecting the source so that you can live and lead that life that you were designed to lead and, and live. Okay. And again, I just explain low vibrations and high vibrations just in the simplest terms. Low vibration, as, as I understand it, is, is uh, you know, rooted in the lower chakras, okay. right? Um, mm -hmm. And what that means to me is resentment, mm -hmm. hate, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, if, if we're talking nutrition, it's, it's dead food, okay. right? Uh, food that is in a package or, or GMO, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. And, and high vibration is the feeling of, of love, right? The feeling of excitement, the feeling of creativity, uh, the feeling of accomplishment. If we're talking food uh, or nutrition, we're talking uh, living foods, right? So blueberries, avocados, uh, you know, plant-based meals and things of that nature. And so when we look, if we, if we were to just do kind of like an assessment Okay. Right. Because I, I think in both creative and mm -hmm. business. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we were to mm -hmm. do an audit. Right. Uh, of our life and our lifestyle. Okay. Just in a day. Okay. We could probably measure where we are on a vibrational scale. Okay. How significant is it for us, especially coming out of this uh, pandemic? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant pandemic <laughs> um, for us to do that assessment in terms of. I mean, is this not the perfect time for us to do that assessment of what we're eating, what we're allowing on our minds, how much time we're on social media, et cetera, et cetera? It, I don't recall. A, I mean, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I don't recall a better time that I've ever been mm -hmm. alive uh, to really take inventory on your lifestyle, mm -hmm. inventory on your environment, right? Uh, there's studies by like, Dr. Joe Dispenza mm -hmm. and and other uh, notables that that really kind of 
illustrate scientifically what your thoughts and your environment mm-hmm. do to your to your body. Yeah. Right. Creates dis-ease, creates, mm-hmm. uh, you know, different maladies that we oftentimes just turn to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that people may not know or haven't known is that I, I suffer from a really uh, severe immune deficiency. Mm for many years when I was in the nightclubs and Mm -hmm. I was in a low vibrational environment. Mm. You get what I mean? And I was uh, also a high priest, Mm -hmm. you know, in, 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 in uh, the Yoruba Mm -hmm. uh, um, pantheon. And, and I was kind of living a double life. Yeah. It was like juxtaposed. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, (laughs) on one end I got to wear white and keep myself really clean and cleanse. And on the other end, I'm I'm in the the darkest of nightclubs with you know the killers and the, yeah. the pimps, the hoes, yeah. and everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying everybody in a nightclub is like yeah. that, yeah. but you know the energy overall, mm-hmm. even the music. You know, mm-hmm. I'm listening. It's primarily hip hop, uh, popular hip hop. Primarily is filled with aggressive overtones and undertones. Low vibrational music. Low vibrational music. Murder, uh, rape sex you know uh low consciousness right and uh and so this tug of war ended up taking a toll on me Mm. and i had to you know release my connection to that that environment that space that place and heal myself okay and i had to heal myself completely naturally okay and and hence getting to a place of higher vibrational um tools so to speak right you know, because one of the things that uh, Dr. Sebi said mm-hmm. is rest that, you know, disease, yeah, rest in peace, disease cannot exist in an alkaline environment. Okay. What is alkaline? Alkaline, in my my opinion, is high vibration. I got some alkaline water. <laughs> I got some alkaline water, right? And so alkaline, by definition, in my world, is high vibration. Mm-hmm. Acidic by definition mm-hmm. in my world is low vibration. Okay. Right. So you can have an acidic environment. We, you mm-hmm. know, this word goes around toxic, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this relationship is toxic. toxic right. This uh, environment is toxic. That's just another definition for low vibration, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Low frequency. Synonym. Yeah. Uh, this, this environment is, is dope. It's beautiful. It's, it's exciting. That to me is just, a definition of high vibration. And so that's kind of how I see it and how I've been able to really clearly define the spaces that I move in. And I was going to, you know, I'm looking up because, you know, when you say alkaline, so they also say an alkalized body will also not get cancer, right? Correct. So an alkalized body, but see, I, what I've learned in my, my self-healing journey is that it's mind, mm-hmm body mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. right we can't you, you can't get rid of the the, the triumvir of life right because right. without spirit there is no body right without mind there is no body yeah right and mind actually connects to spirit so that it can be manifested through the body mm-hmm. right so we are who we are because all three of those are working in tandem yeah so if one is out of balance yep we're going to feel out of balance. Yeah. Right. And so balancing mind, body, spirit raises your vibration. I love that, man. And hence the yin and yang, 
in whether sure. it's Taoism or mm-hmm. acupuncture for that matter. But I'm looking up alkaline foods. Uh, again, this has become a practice, especially during this this uh, the pandemic and COVID. Mm-hmm. My consciousness on what I I am putting in my body has gone to a different level, sure. right? I can I can honestly say at at the at the the age that I'm at in my life, I feel. Uh, more active, more alert, more conscious, m- more energy. I mean, I, I work out every day. I have fun. And I'm just like yeah, yeah. because full of energy, full of energy, and and hence getting back to what you said with the alkaline foods. So avocados, I eat every day. The bell peppers, <laughs> uh, arugula, zucchinis, olives. If you're listening to this and you don't understand what alkaline foods are just google it yeah look it up and the one thing that you'll notice about all those things that you mentioned is you pull them right out of the ground or right from a tree <laughs> out of mother earth out of mother earth straight to your plate right and and there you know there are theories that say that we shouldn't even be using these plates we shouldn't be using silver where we should be using our hands, our hands. right and and so but there's there's levels to this right well, <laughs> so what's the trip and, and and here's where I'm very happy where we're going with this because again, okay, let's go back to that to that series that I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Um, exterminate all the brutes, right? Colonialism, when you really start digging in, took all these cultures, right? And we can look at colonialism in 1000 ADs, which the Church of England, the Church, uh, the Catholic Church were disconnecting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Those indigenous Europeans from mother earth right sure. and then hence you know in 14th century 1400s it happened here it happened in africa disconnecting right and we can just say it's in simplicity what we're just talking about alkaline foods has disconnected people to alkaline foods which is putting them out of balance and now we're drinking water out of bo- plastic bottles we're mm, eating fast foods BPA you know yeah. food meats that are not honored are being injected with hormones and steroids, steroids yeah. and genetically modified organisms, etc. Um, so was so is a decolonizing paradigm, a decolonizing of the mind, really what we're talking about? Because it's getting us back to what we're talking about in terms of high vibrations. That's right. I think you 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 kind of touched on something that I think is is really important, and I want to make a, a point that the, the greatest atrocity that I believe has happened to, to humanity is mm. separating it from nature, mm. right? We can talk about war and we can talk about all these different things, but they're all because we have disconnected from nature, yeah. right? Because we have, we have somewhere along the line, uh, the Europeans determined that we were separate from nature, right? Because in all African, not, all but a lot of the African diasporic uh, mm-hmm. religious systems or 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 uh, or ancient beliefs, we were part of nature. Yeah, we were a a yeah. a member, a family. We were one with nature. Right. Um, it was only hmm. until after kind of Roman conquest that we became separate, from, disconnected from nature. Yeah. Right. And it's and in separating yourself from who you are. Right. Because we are even in the Bible, it says we are made of, of mud and, and, and you know, mm-hmm. dirt. 
You get what I mean? And so uh, separating yourself or, or allowing yourself to be separated is, is the atrocity. Now, the beautiful thing about it is you can just go reconnect because mother nature is, 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 is abundant. It just says, come back home, right? Come back mm -hmm. to me. And this is where you heal, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, for instance, you know, like grounding mm -hmm. is, is a technique that if you look back at the ancients and the indigenous, they were barefoot, right? Even still to this day, yeah, barefoot. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us wouldn't be caught. We can't even go outside without our, without shoes, our on. shoes on, right? Yeah. Rubber soles disconnecting from from, from mother, mother earth, earth yeah. right there's something in between uh, you know something that's not natural in between our connection and and we're okay with that because we have been led to believe that that's normal we've been conditioned that's right but that's not normal right and so connecting with mother earth even through taking in plant medicine or 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 plant-based foods is is the the fastest way towards healing the trauma you know, mm. that's the, that's, that's, that's what I believe is the, is the magic pill, right? We're all looking mm -hmm. for the magic pill. Mm -hmm. Um, yet, you know, there is nothing in nature that hasn't, that she hasn't already seen, done, experienced, conquered, yeah. conquest. Right. And so whenever I'm feeling off balance, mm -hmm. you know, mind, body or spirit, I just go back to nature, you know, mm -hmm. spend some time with my, my feet in the sand, in the ocean, in the river, um, you know, this is, this is the place of, 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 of deep, deep generational healing. She holds all the medicine, all the medicine. I mean, even the pharmaceutical medicine that they distribute mm -hmm. and sell to us today, its origin is a root or a plant. Mm -hmm. It just, manufacture it yeah mm -hmm. they you know synthesize, synthesize it mm -hmm. and manufacture it they come out you know now becomes you know it's not what it was it's a perverted version mm. of what sold to us yeah as the magic it's a soulless pill yeah when we can just go right to source right to soul you know wow. um and and so that's been part of my journey so let me ask you, Javier, so we are being over-bombarded right now, right, with technology, right? And you have kids, I have kids, um, I work with young people, and I see, I don't know what I see, man, I, I trip out, I, I, had, I have to sit in the moment because I'm like, man, are, are human beings being indoctrinated on another level that is taking them even to be further disconnected of what you just have shared with us and being connected to the earth. Absolutely. This, this is a very clear agenda, in my opinion, mm -hmm. right? To transhumanize, dehumanize mm -hmm. humans, right? Use humans as an energy source mm -hmm. right so if you look at it holistically you realize that we're just energy bodies mm -hmm. right and we allocate x amount of energy to a corporation that's called a job we actually we you know we allocate x amount of energy to uh, a school that's called an education right mm -hmm. but but really what we're doing is just burning energy our thoughts 
our 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 body yeah. is in this place yeah. right and and even when we leave our thoughts are in this place right mm-hmm. um and so what's happening now with technology is they're just taking this into the next stage so that was kind of like version one mm-hmm. version two is really about taking our consciousness right so there's a lot of talk about ai mm-hmm. there's talk about you know um elon musk tech- technology Neuralink. Mm-hmm. you know uh, mm-hmm. this is this is going to extract our consciousness mm-hmm. and put it in the cloud put it in the metaverse put it somewhere else but we're going to power it with our bodies and our minds and our minds right wow. and 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 you know the ultimate goal and i think i think you know th- there was something that really struck me in, in the matrix right mm-hmm. i love i love I, the I matrix just, i was just gonna bring that up <laughs> and you know one of the things that out of everything that stood out was when neo went to go see the grand architect mm-hmm. right he got to the grand architect was a bunch of tv screens he saw all his lives all his and the grand architect said you know this is just the way it is we designed it like this right and there's nothing you can do about it and this is the seventh version and we're gonna do it again right and so that really actually brought me a lot of peace because it made me really kind of understand that this is just the realm of which we live in right now right now yeah there are so many different realms right this third dimension fourth fifth sixth Mm -hmm. you know that it brought me a lot of peace to understand that this is the rules of the game in this dimension Mm -hmm. and this the rules of the game in this dimension is all about duality and so mm-hmm. where there's love, there's going to be hate. hate. Mm-hmm. Where there's peace, there's going to be war, right? So a lot of us, you know, kind of that really have connected to the light mm-hmm. kind of just want to create peace everywhere mm-hmm. and, and everyone should have peace. And that's possible, just not here, mm-hmm. right? In this reality it's possible here yeah right and you create that peace and, and when you say here you're speaking inside of the mind internal internal inside. and every sage every prophet has come and said the same thing right save yourself know thyself know thyself heal thyself right and not many of us have learned the lessons of the prophets mm. and the sages because we're busy trying to save everyone else save the world save each other and it's like there's nothing to save but yourself save yourself before you can save others that's right and so that's brought a lot of peace uh doesn't take me away from like feeling empathy and Mm -hmm. and compassion and Mm -hmm. contribution and and helping and you know that's part of the human journey right is to is to participate in those experiences uh and 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 fully immerse yourself in those Mm -hmm. experiences Yet knowing that, you know, this is, you, you're just doing what you can do. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you, so, God, man, you, you breaking down the architect that way, it's, it's got me thinking about a lot of stuff. But one of the things I wanted to ask you in getting a better clarity and an understanding and even being in that non-duality place, right? And understanding that, how significant has, again, getting back to plants and plant-based medicines, assisted you in 
getting a better clarity of everything that is happening right now right and it it's been uh literally i i think you know you you know our our union and our communion has been beautiful and and one of the things that you brought me into that that has been one of the most magical uh you know just one of the best experiences of my life was with the sapple mm -hmm. right and and you and renee and and shay and and beautiful uh people uh you know led me through ceremony yeah. to experience uh the toad mm -hmm. and i mean the toad is like it's it's it takes you i it took me to where i felt like i was i was god i was everything and nothing mm. at the same time oneness i was oneness and i there was no duality where where that where that took me right it was ju it just it just is i was just there was no i right mm -hmm. i keep trying to humanize it i keep trying to explain something from a higher vibrational realm in human terms but everything i say is 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 not accurate right yeah. because there is no explanation you can't define god you can't <laughs> you can't ex describe god you can't yeah. uh you know and in that space that's who i am and so even the affirmations of i am right you know that is the affirmation i am that i am right there is no i am beautiful and i am you know we have added these things right as as descriptive terms to kind of help us uh, push through limitations but in reality i just am that's it because we are that's it yeah and it's it's interesting hence the terms like whether it's the the Mexico or the uh, the mind uh, in La Quech, you are the other me, mm -hmm. right? All the relations, right? Relations to the plant nations and the insect nations and the winged nations. And it's like that experience, what I feel like it, almost, I mean, I'm equating the red pill with the sapo, with the ongos, the teonanakats, uh, ayahuasca, Sananga, all these different medicines that for some reason or another are all coming out now and with through many different people while simultaneously the technology realm is pushing trying to get humanity to be in a certain materialistic form mm. and mother earth is saying well we got to also have this going That's right right yeah yeah because you know the plant and natural uh energy is is all about um mm. la tierra you know like mm. being being earth. the earth the earth mm. you know it's arrogant for us as humans to think that we can do this to the earth without repercussion mm -hmm. right um and 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 so i think what's happening with technology is potentially what what legend says happened in ancient atlantis mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. the arrogance of the people or the humans at the time mm -hmm. or or the uh, the ascended beings at the time were you know overly arrogant and disrespecting the planet mm -hmm. and ultimately did things and created things to obliterate themselves right because yeah. 
I believe Mother Nature is here to facilitate, mm. to collaborate, <laughs> right? Like to Mother Nature is our greatest um, collaborator, you know, and yet we treat it with so much disrespect. Yeah. And so, I mean, think of, we were just talking about food and fruit and like, like it's just so abundant, you know, it gives and gives and gives and yet we, we abuse it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was watching this documentary, um, about fish and it started out with all the plastic that are mm-hmm. run rampant throughout you know, Himaya, right? Mm-hmm. The ocean, Olokun. Yeah, sure. And with all, everything that we're talking about, this consciousness, especially with the medicines and stuff, when I watch that, it's very hard, I mean, to try, um, Not it's not hard, but it's like the pessimism, I was like, damn, it's really bad. You know what I mean? What is What, what do you see in terms of materialism, right? Because... Mm-hmm. This plastic bottle, I'm holding a plastic bottle right now, mm-hmm. is made from oil, mm-hmm. from gasoline, from, right? Yeah. From, from petroleum. Right. It's the excess, uh, you know, chemicals Fossil that they don't use. Yeah. Like yeah. And this is riddled in the ocean and it's going into all the fish, right? And then we're eating all the fish and then it's going inside of us and people are getting sick. And this is essentially a carcinogen. It's like a cancer-causing agent. And it's kind of like it. And I'm a very optimistic person. In fact, the Sapo has taken me to a place where these material objects that I'm holding are all part of me too. Mm. Because these are made (laughs) from the universal materialism, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, the the beauty about the earth and nature is that it's it's going to far outlive us. Mm. Right? Like when 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 I'm able to take a macro view, right? So when you're in the the microcosm, you 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 pay attention to all these details and all mm-hmm. of this matters. Mm-hmm. But when you pull the lens back and look at the planet and look at the earth from where uh from where divinity sees it, right? Mm-hmm. From from this whole wholeness this is just a a blip in time right and 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 the earth is going to regenerate we we're going to (laughs) destroy ourselves we'll be gone the earth is going to earth will still be yeah it it might take a hundred million years right but there's no such thing as time Mm, we there's no such thing as time Uh, we created the construct and the concept of time so mother nature is gonna take the time to regenerate reestablish reset and do it all over again we just won't be there to witness we won't be a part of that system right right? yeah and so that also just lets me understand okay well this is just part of the program and you know could we all scale back and pull back and you know do things to kind of help of course we should and and Mm. we can yet i think in totality it's not enough Hmm. right it's not enough it won't ever be enough as long as humans are here having this experience so let me ask you this i'm talking about high vibration and how do we have the power as people as human beings individually to raise our vibration to a point that we can affect each other to raise a vibration and consciousness to be able to shift some of these things 
Do you believe that? I I do. And I think we're doing that. I just don't believe that it can be everybody all at the same time, Mm -hmm. at the same, same time space. Right. Mm -hmm. So everybody gets there at a certain time. time. And so I think that's what we see generation after generation is some of some ancestors there, some not some, you know, in our generation, some of us are there, some not it. That's kind of the rhythm, right? right. It's an ebb and flow. Ebb and, flow yeah. and and so, you know, that's a pattern that nature created, right? Mm-hmm. Ebb and flow. So we, we, who are we to disrupt that ebb and flow, right? That's just part of the nature of our reality. Yeah. Ups and downs, positive and negative, like it works together. Mm-hmm. You know, like a heartbeat, you know, it mm-hmm. goes up and down. So mm-hmm. for a split second, you're alive and a split second, you're dead. You know, and if that heartbeat physically. doesn't <laughs> physically, if it doesn't go like, ee, you know, you, yeah. you flatline, but yeah. it keeps going. It has an ebb and flow it until does. it's yeah. time, you know, it's a, beat. it's a beat. And there's a rhythm to this life. And part of that rhythm is the ups and downs, you know, and the the, the good times and the bad times and yeah. the, the good food and the bad food, let's call it, right? The good people and the bad people, like all of this. And, and at any point in our time, mm-hmm. we fit into one of those categories, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not an angel, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I, to maybe, yeah, to some yeah. people, I might be a bad guy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Some people, I might be a, a, a saint, right? Mm-hmm. But that's all because we, we're allowed perception. Yeah. We're allowed to kind of look at life and say, all right, this is what we perceive. Mm-hmm. You know? Let, let me ask you something. So there was a book years ago that had come out. It was called The Mayan Factor, right? Getting back to the Mayans and mm-hmm. to the Atlanteans. And it was the subtitle was Path Beyond Technology. And what the, the hypothesis was is that the Mayans left Mm. Because they knew human beings were going to fall in love with materialism and move away from God, mm. from Creator, right? So, with that being said, technology is going to do what it's going to do, right? Because I'm going to no watch it. There's no stopping it. Yeah, and I, I, that's I, that's my next <laughs> quick chapter. I want to get in with you with NFTs and and with even FutureStream.tv. Sure, yeah. How? important as light workers as people that are that are trying to assist humanity and and be optimistic and 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 put love into the world to put that into to whether it's the social media venue or the youtube venue or these new platforms that are being created can that have an effect on changing the vibration of humanity absolutely man i think you know if we look at you know we want to and should bring light to dark dark places and dark spaces right so some people look at let's call let's say youtube right Mm -hmm. youtube there's so much content everything from whatever but you know what also is on youtube uh meditations Mm -hmm. guided meditations there's uh affirmations there's uh thought leaders in the spiritual yeah. and metaphysical space that are up uh, uplifting people. And, yeah. you know, there, there's light there as well. Or, and then you can quickly change the channel and be in a whole dark zone another with, room, with other, yeah. other vibrations and other things happening. So I think that the worst thing that we can do is to reject the inevitable. Okay. We want to inject ourselves in the inevitable so that, so that there's representation in that space. Yeah. Right. We yeah. don't that that's I think the 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 fault of of a lot of light workers and people that are is that they want to disconnect from the inevitable, but 
all they do is just disconnect from their ability to to shift that within there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh within that space and so um i think in 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 the old times you could just go to the to the mountains mm-hmm. right and just meditate and just disappear I still do. yeah exactly <laughs> as do i <laughs> you, you know and and then you come back here yeah yeah and you gotta get on your recharged. phone recharged yeah you gotta get yeah. on your phone you gotta send yeah. an email a text yeah. right you gotta send a bill mm-hmm. electronically mm-hmm. you yeah. know and that's kind of what so what's happening in in the the space of technology is they the technologists are creationists meaning that they have an idea a concept so think think of video games right Mm -hmm. video games movies these are just people at a table that say man let's create something so they write a script Mm -hmm. that they're getting down from the they're getting downloaded right they're being influenced by different energies and they write this down then they start to code it in a language right it's called coding language programming language so then they program this this program right and it tells it to do this and when you click here it does this right all this stuff starts to happen Mm -hmm. this is i think you know i think this is the act of god right this is how the creator created Mm. and all and because we are god we are just simply doing that in 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 the (laughs) in the mac in the in the in the in the I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. Like we're doing the exact same thing just in a, a different way. We're expressing it. We're yeah. expressing our it's creativity, our expression. And, and, and because where I experienced God, there was no good or bad, right? It's just, it's just, God it's, is just expre- it's everything. It's just yeah. an expression. And the metaverse is what they're calling this new space say it again the metaverse metaverse Metaverse. so we live in the universe this is real life and now there's a new place called the metaverse it's called on the blockchain the blockchain infrastructurally feels a lot like the uh you know the what is this called uh the akashic records okay right yeah and anybody that's not familiar with the Akashic Records, do do a quick Google search. But it's basically a place, a space in the ether, right? In okay. the air, yeah. the cloud, yeah. where everything is recorded. All the data, everything that you've ever done, I've ever yeah. done, uh, anyone. Ancestors. Ancestors. Yeah. It's all in the Akashic Records. And these records are available for us to download. They're binary codes. There it is. Which so, is Ifa, which is the divination system. Okay, is. I'm sorry. It's a, no, no, it's oh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, it's man. all connected. Yeah. Right? And that's what they're creating is a metaverse. That's what blockchain is. That's what blockchain Why is. Why you always explain these high like concepts to me in a way that I'm like, oh man, that was so simple. <laughs> okay, that's what blockchain that's, is. That's blockchain. Okay. Like Yakashic Records. Oh, that's so... Okay. A, a way to keep record yeah. of a, a of data, okay. right? And who that d- data belongs to, okay. right? Who originated that data? Yeah. So NFTs are art, yeah. right? In the metaverse, okay. digital art that let's say I did yeah. and I put it into the blockchain okay. and I upload it into the metaverse. Into the metaverse 
And now it has my signature on it. Okay. It has my code. Okay. And so when you go to take a look at that artwork mm -hmm. or you go to download it or purchase it, my DNA is in that and it, it, it'll never be gone. It'll never, it lives in the blockchain forever, forever into okay. infinity. So there's a lot of talk, you know, there's a lot of technical talk and spiritual talk about the blockchain and what's going to be able to happen for ancestors that come back. They're going to be able to access the blockchain <laughs> and see That's who deep. did what okay. and what they did in a past life and who and where, right? There's going to uh -huh. be all of this data that's accessible, right? Okay. And so if you meditate, mm -hmm. you realize that you can just download this information, who you were, where you came from, what star system, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. Enough meditation gives you access to the Akashic records, the blockchain of, of, of where your, your fingerprint, your blueprint, your DNA resides. Yeah. Being in the alpha state. There it is. Download that. Download that information. And so I, I, I like, so even my first brand, like Android Ohm, it was robot man is how that translates android yeah. is, a, is a robot yeah. right with human skin like the terminator and ohm is man in french <laughs> and so my father being a french french descent yeah. from martinique i it was all about reprogramming changing yeah you know it's codes it's code robot man android ohm and you know the tagline was reprogram now <laughs> you know so i was selling luxury goods and selling sneakers but it was all about the message. It was a subliminal message, right? Subliminal message. You, know, you just have to decode it. You got to decode it. And a lot of people didn't get it. But, you know, I had the flower of life as the, as the, as the soul, right? The flower of life is, is the soul. It's the soul of the shoe. Right? And it was the soul of the shoe. So for every step that somebody took, Man. they were imprinting the flower of life back into nature like it was all all these different concepts Deep. that kind of went away well it was too early it went over a lot of people's heads but but it's out there that's it it doesn't matter if it went it's over. out there yeah <laughs> it's 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 in the akashic records okay so how are how are people just give me a quick summary of how people are making money off nfts or have a potential to yeah so that's a great question so nfts are it's a new space and a new place mm -hmm. the way people are making money now is they are doing exactly what they've been doing so let me paint a picture for you there's a graphic artist mm -hmm. there's a photographer there's a rapper mm -hmm. they make art mm -hmm. and what they do traditionally is they just put it on instagram mm -hmm. for free mm -hmm. it's a little jpeg and they mm -hmm. go oh and you get likes, right? Mm -hmm. The currency is social currency. Likes, follows, right? Mm -hmm. Boom, you're, you're good. Um, the blockchain allows you to do that exact same thing, mm -hmm. take that exact same image, that exact same song, that exact same everything, and what's called mint it on the blockchain. Okay. What that does is it creates a store of value, right? It becomes an asset because it's traceable, right? Meaning if I take a screenshot of something you posted and it goes everywhere, no one knows that Fidel Rodriguez did this, right? right? It's, it's maybe some people know, some people don't. Might end up on a billboard somewhere. You have no, no way to track right. this, right? Whereas on the blockchain, it's trackable from, from day one and you're able to receive a royalty for it. So what, they're, what they've created is a metaverse where art now has value, 
into perpetuity, right? And so a, a perfect example of, of the difference between kind of the traditional model for art and, mm -hmm. and the NFT model is, let's take Basquiat, right? Mm -hmm. Basquiat was known to sell and give away his art. Just give it away, sell it for a hundred bucks, only to end up at Sotheby's for $50 million, mm -hmm. right? But Basquiat as an artist, his family, his they only got that that first payment, that 50 bucks, that 100 bucks, right? Yeah. As an NFT, his family, his trust would have would have made money every single time that was painting sold. was sold. Wow. So generational wealth is the opportunity in NFTs. And can this this can change the financial well-being of people that are marginalized absolutely because the barrier to entry is just knowledge it's no longer a financial barrier to entry okay meaning if you know how to do nfts you know how to mint nfts which just takes a little bit of research a little bit of of you know aggressive mm -hmm. understanding then you can Diligence. mint it yourself market it yourself and make the money yourself. So if you're a young person that's listening right now and you're an artist of some of some caliber, you can create and then mint it. That's it. You know, and there's tons of websites, OpenSea.io, uh, Rarible.com. We did we did something with Lupe Fiasco uh, last night, actually, an NFT with mm -hmm. him on OriginProtocol.com. And, you know, it's artwork. You know, it's, it's what our people love to do for free. Like we, we, we're artists, we're dancers, we're, we're rappers, we're singers, we're uh, fine artists, we're ev every type of art can now be minted as an NFT, held in the blockchain as, as a record of that, right? So even yeah. if you're just keeping record and you're not selling it, um, and or you can list it as an asset and have people bid and buy it, they resell it, you make money every time they resell it. It's, 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 it's brilliant. So this can create a paradigm shift in, in economic, uh, status Absolutely. for people. A lot of people, a lot of early people in the community feel like this is our reparations. Okay. This is our opportunity because opportunity, right. the, the, the thing with, with our people is we want, we want the oppressor to give us something. Yeah. We want the, it's, it's almost kind of like, I look at it as like someone, it's called the human race, right? I, I forgot. There was somebody I heard talk, say this. So I, I, I'm, I'm quoting somebody. It's not my, my theory. But they said it's called the human race for a reason. And these people are, are, are leading the race, right? They're winning the race. And so if you run a race, when do you ever stop and let other people catch up? When do you ever stop and help somebody catch up? When do you ever stop a race and, and everybody come in at the same time? Yeah. And that's why it's never happened. That's why I don't believe it will ever happen because it is a human race. And at the core, it's all about survival, mm. right? And so the, the, the European realized early the cock, that, that the, the genetic blending of cultures would exterminate them and we're holistically seeing that right now right yeah. so 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 being being genetically inferior which 
has no context to intellect or you know ability it just means that the the gene and the, the genetics is recessive mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. means that someone that uh, someone of color that mates with someone of a recessive gene will take over that genetic pool right and their yeah. children will come out black latino yeah. Yeah. asian yeah. brown indian right mm -hmm. and so they realized this early and said we can't allow that because mm -hmm. this is our survival if we allow natural process to take place <laughs> we 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 are we will ex be extinct they created all these myths they created the myths they created the atrocities uh -huh. they invaded the cultures and so we often ask, well, why did the Africans be enslaved? What, what about the indigenous people? People were just left alone. But this group couldn't afford to just leave it alone. Yeah. They had to invade. They had to destroy. They had to control it. Yeah. So now what you're seeing with these same colonizers is they're trying to colonize Mars, Mars. and the moon. Because mm. they got to get the fuck out of here soon because time is not on their side. So... That's some wicked shit right there, man. <laughs> so let us destroy the planet. Let us poison the earth. Let us oppress everyone and every everything. Let us hoard the money. Let us let us accumulate the wealth and get the fuck out of here, where you can't afford a, a, a you know a, a seat on on the on, ship, on the ship that's going yeah. there. I can't afford it. None of our people can afford it, and so. That's it. They're gone. They're going to be the gods of the new world. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know if you remember say anything. So, man, you're bringing me down. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. Okay. No, I hope not. I hope now, not. Let, let, me, let me, let's close this out. But I wanted to ask you about futurestream.tv. Um, I know a lot of us listening are all, everyone's on social media. And everyone's gaining to get more likes and get followers. And, and then in between, you see a lot of commercials, a lot of paid sponsorship. And obviously, we are generating a drive towards whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, what have you. How does futurestream.tv play into something like that? Well, this is, that, yeah, that's a great question. So I have never studied, you know, coding or, you know, even though I'm from that area. So look, I saw YouTube and all these companies pop up in, yeah. in, in the area. Literally YouTube is from San Mateo, you know, the city that mm -hmm. I grew up in and whatnot. And, um, but after I sold my footwear brand, I was just kind of looking around the space, you know, I'm mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. I like challenges and I always really found great utility for technology right? Technology, it, it's indifferent. It can either help or harm, right? Yeah. It's just how we use it, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. so I saw the beauty in technology. I saw the, the connection. I mean, think, think about if we didn't have technology during the pandemic, mm -hmm. right? We all had to stay home. Uh, people couldn't go to the grocery stores and order food. So you can see, you know, this is how we connected. This mm -hmm. is how people stayed in touch. This is yeah. how yeah. people shared their, their grievances. And mm -hmm. this is how people even attended funerals, yeah. right? Through yeah. Zoom and whatnot. So mm -hmm. I can look at technology as the beast or I can look at it as, as, as something that is here to help as well, right? Yeah. And because I understand 
the duality of it all, I understand that it's at my discretion, yeah. how I want to use how it. Use it. Yeah. So I decided to launch a platform that was in favor of the artists, right? Mm -hmm. So let's look at artists traditionally, record deals, mm -hmm. terrible record deals. They get, mm -hmm. they get the, the lowest amount of everyone and everything, the distributor, the platform, the, the label, right? Yeah, are, and they're are, creating the content. They're creating too. all the content, all their aches in this, mm -hmm. and they get the, the peanuts, right? Uh, look at Instagram, look at Facebook, right? They build a platform and we just deliver that content for free. But this costs creativity. money. Yeah, this costs money. These microphones, these cameras, yeah. laptops, everything costs your time, my time. Mm -hmm. But there's just an expectation that you're just supposed to upload it for free. Right. And so we, this is programming. This is conditioning. Right. And so we've been conditioned as artists and creators to just give it away. Yeah. In exchange for social currency, likes and follows. Right. Gives us, uh, you know, endorphin. And, you know, certain feelings to make us feel good. But when you look at it holistically, like, I can't pay my bills with, with likes that. and follows. Yeah. So during the pandemic, I saw that. I saw D-Nice going live. I saw certain people in the, in the culture going live mm -hmm. and, and having massive audiences. I'm like, how are they making money? This is amazing. I'm entertained. Thank you. It's making me feel good. I'm dancing in my living room. But I'm concerned that you're not getting paid. Mm. And so I was, I was quick to move, uh, you know, with my co-founder Jacqueline and we, who's also my wife and we built, you know, we connected with some people that we know in the Valley and we built this technology futurestream.tv and it's really a monetized platform for live streaming. So podcasters, uh, rappers, DJs, comedians, we've had everybody go on there and monetize their live. The, 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 the difference between our platform and others is we give the creator 90% of total gross 90%. revenue. 90%. 90%. That's not a deal you can get anywhere. You can't, go into, of, man. you can't go into a club and get 90% if you're a promoter and be like, yo, I'm going to throw a party here. I want 90%. Wow. You can't get a record deal. You it says, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to do the music. It's unheard I'm, of, man. It's unheard of. And that's what I decided to lean into okay. and create. So when I say creating light in dark spaces, yeah. that's what I'm talking about is it was, I could have created a platform where I make everything. People upload it for free. I already know that. 70%. We've already seen it. Yeah. Yeah. You could have changed the whole. But, but the, the opportunity for me was to, was to change, was to shift the paradigm and give, give people an opportunity to monetize their content. Uh, pay themselves, make a living. I mean, we get emails with people like, man, I don't want to go back to the clubs and I don't have to anymore because what you built here. You created a new platform. And, and new I'm, I'm paying my mortgage and I got three kids and this wow. is amazing. Like, you know, and so that's the exciting part of what we've been able to build and what we're building. Yeah, I'm noticing that to even like Clubhouse is now allowing people to get paid. That's right. The, the whole shift in technology is is what they're calling the creator creator economy. Okay. Where creators are now seeing their value. And they're going, man, I got a million followers now, right? I've been dropping all this stuff from my mouth and That's I'm not it. getting paid now. Not getting paid. I need to get paid. And if you're not willing to pay me, I'm going to go to this platform that's going to pay me. I'm going to go to this platform. I'm going to bring my audience because technically a platform's a platform, but you got to bring your own audience. 
right? Yeah. You got the room of knowledge. This is your podcast, your plat, your your content. But wherever you post it, you got to bring the audience. audience. You got to promote it and say, hey, new episode. Go to here. Go to Spotify. Go here. Go there. Download it. So why aren't you making? Yeah, why aren't you making the lion's share when you did the content and you're doing the marketing? That's what we wanted to change. And so thankfully, we've had some great artists, labels, agencies jump on board, get it, managers, you know, and so um we're, we're we're building a successful company and I'm, I'm excited about that that's all about the creators you know i'm excited about it brother i mean i've yeah. been on there looking around and stuff i'm i'm gonna get on it <laughs> i am when man. you're ready uh, it's 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 there for you man you've been somebody like you who's contributed so much to the culture from uh from your your radio shows and your content and and the community like you have so much content data knowledge mm-hmm it's time for you to maximize that right to the maximum uh degree that you can because it's valuable like what you what you provide for the people man is like so healing and uplifting and knowledgeable it's called room of knowledge you know and so um you know when you're ready we're here i'm here and brother gracias for that brother i'm really humbled by that um you know this is beautiful I mean, I, I feel like we well, can keep on going. Um, I'd love to keep from, on going with you, you know man. What I mean? like, you know, like <laughs> it's one of one of the best, you know, brothers ever, man. So, uh, oh thank you, brother. I moves, you know. I just want to, if I can, if you allow me, just Absolutely, to give you your man. flowers, man. I, 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 I know a lot of people. I've done business with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I've, I've shared space with celebrities to homeless people man you are one of the most genuine loving authentic people i've ever met man and it's my pleasure to be connected to you to know you and 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 i love you for that brother thank you man i love you too i hope brother. thank you so much man for sure um i'm gonna ask you to just you know share a, a message of hope for anyone that's listening think the message of hope is to really like love yourself really find a place and space for yourself you know we find places and spaces for everyone else but until you finally can love yourself you will never be able to love others in the way that you can so please find that time and space for yourself my message i don't think we can get any better than that man i'm uh fidel rodriguez javier laval on social media my name at javier laval l-a-v-a-l palindrome spelled the same backwards and forwards javier laval and that's it across all clubhouse twitter everywhere it's just my name there it is man this is Fidel Rodriguez, The Room of Knowledge, Adventures in Consciousness. We'll see you in the ether. Yes. One love. Don't forget to follow us at The Room of Knowledge on Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, and YouTube. Fidel Rodriguez, The Room of Knowledge.